Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing on this Thursday morning for the second episode of Firmly AEW? As you can see below me with our nice new graphics. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Uh, I am JPJ, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Drew. Big money, Drew. Drew, how are we doing this week, my bud? We're doing really, really well. I thought there was some strong stuff that mm -hmm. we'll be talking about. I have some personal life things, specifically one happening tomorrow. All right. And uh, yeah. getting married tomorrow. Everybody. Oh, hey oh, hey oh, hey oh. Congratulations. So, That's exciting. Thank you. So, been a long time coming. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's nice that that's going to finally happen. And uh, yeah, you know, I did I did something last week. As you can see, there's a new addition to my background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not you know, you know, we're, that's not our topic really. <laughs> but that was a fun show to go to. Uh, yes, yes, it was. It was a fun show to watch for sure. A fun yeah. show to watch. Uh, so yeah, all in all, it's been it's been really nice. Good. How's your week been? My week's been good. Crazy. The last couple of weeks have been crazy. Um, just like from a busyness perspective, but uh, week's good, man. I'm glad, uh, you know, we got some good wrestling, some good stuff to talk about tonight. Like you said, I thought we're going to, we are going to talk about three shows. We're going to talk about Rampage and Battle of the Belts from last weekend. And then we're going to talk about Dynamite from last night. Um, I thought they were, like you said, I thought they were strong stuff. Um, on all the shows, um, I thought Dynamite last night was a strong episode, but there are things that I think we're both going to critique a little bit. Um, but that's a good thing. That's what we're here for. We can't always be all lollipops and rainbows. There's got to be some right. critiquing and, you know, stuff we're not going to vibe with as much as the other stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, yeah, I'm ready to dive right in, but that's, I did not know you were getting married tomorrow. So congratulations. That's amazing. That should be, uh, great leading into the weekend. Uh, you going, you going any, like, is it just, a? is it not, a, not right now. Okay. Got but to, in future, uh, do a honeymoon up uh, 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 down the line, honeymoon or whatnot. Yes, we will. We will probably around the the Christmas break. Beauty, uh, awesome, nice then. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's good news. That's a that's a nice like positive thing to start the show on. So that's awesome. Congratulations. All right, let's dive right in, my friend. Uh, last Friday, or do we want to start with news for? I don't know. We will. Well. The news that we're really going to talk about kind of layers in with Dynamite. So maybe we'll talk about, oh, we got Pluggo in the chat. My boy Pluggo using F-bombs this early in the morning. You you know, <laughs> it was a good show last night. We're going to dive into it here. And then I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it tonight on Between Two Beards as well. But yeah, we're going to dive into it. But first and foremost, we did have a couple shows we wanted to talk about that happened last Friday. Uh, let me straighten my camera. I think my camera off here there we go um and we're gonna start with rampage it was a live rampage um and i thought it was a pretty good rampage um we were kind of talking for a few minutes off air before we got on like i thought both these shows rampage and battle of the belts were solid there was nothing that you know i don't think anybody was 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 screaming or running towards social media or running towards the internet to talk about with right. these shows they were pretty standard fare but you know the in-ring product of AEW is always going to be pretty top-notch for the most part. Um, and I just thought that these shows kind of aligned the way that they went. So, um, you know, Rampage, the opening match was a very, very good 
trios uh, match, and it was the Blackpool Combat Club, which which consisted of John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio Castagnoli going against Roosh and Private Party. There's been some dissension a little bit with Private Party with that group. Do they have a? Do yep. they officially have a? What's the group name? Do they have a group name, or is it just Andrade's? Well, it was not around. It, it was Andrade. AF. Yeah, right. Andrade no, family Andrade's also. not there, so. I think are they transitioning no, just, it to like Rouge's kind of yeah <laughs> something I don't know, um, but there's been some dissension with Private Party. We've seen them involved with Matt Hardy uh, on and off, like in the back where like Matt Hardy, who's turned over a new leaf, he's a good guy again, and he's like, hey, remember you know us back before? We can do that again, but like better than ever. And he's been really trying to get Private Party to move away from this group because he thinks that they have they deserve a lot more and stuff like that um i'll let you kind of dive into the match first but i thought it was a solid match um like i said nothing that was like super duper memorable or needed you know stuff like that but i mean with this with these six guys especially the combat club when you're talking about moxley claudio and yuda like oh, yeah. you're expecting a high quality affair uh, oh, and yeah, that's absolutely. what we got. It was a great opening match. I'll let you kind of lead. Like, how'd you think about what did you think about this match and just kind of the inter storylines? Which, when we get to Dynamite, they did reference this match to kind of set up some further stuff. So I'm sure we'll dive into it a tad more there. But what did you think about the opening trios match from Rampage? What I love is actually seeing the Blackpool Combat Club together because we don't really get to see that very often, unfortunately. And uh, I, I think it's been it's been at least I want to say a month since the like most of I mean because it's not like they're always all together you know yeah of course. Mox will do something that doesn't involve Rico coming out with him but then Rico will come out with Danielson later on as mm -hmm. they did on Dynamite it's like okay you know yeah. They, they're Obviously, together, but they're like not super duper together, kind of. Right. I I want Rico on my television oh. every single day of the week mm -hmm. because I love him so much. Yeah. But, uh, so you know, there's some discrepancies there, and so seeing most of the group together, mm -hmm. uh, and especially those hard hitters. You know, Danielson is more of a technical wrestler. All these guys are hard hitters. Yep, and man, it's, it's to get you know people complain about Roosh, but I don't understand. I don't know why they would. I don't. I don't know why you would. He's very good. He's very good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like he doesn't want a job or whatever. Yeah, you know, this is stupid internet stuff. But it, it's, I think he's fantastic, and mm -hmm. he continues to prove it, especially in this match because. Yep. I, as you mentioned, the dissension there. It, uh, I think it was it wasn't Mark Quinn. I think it was Isaiah. No, it was Isaiah. Not, That's why they set it. Yeah, on, on yeah. Dynamite they set up the match with him and Ethan Page for Rampage on right. tomorrow because of they. Yeah. He, I think the verbiage Ethan Page used was you tried to make Roosh look like a fool or something like that. Yeah. So, and and they're accusing Matt Hardy of contract tampering, which is, yeah. Yeah, incredible. <laughs> you know the shot. The shots don't end, Drew. The shots no, don't they end. Don't. <laughs> they do not. Triple H had uh, one on Raw, though. He made he made 
you know, he kind of made a reference when they were doing the DX thing at the beginning and they were starting right. to fight backstage. He was like, no fighting and yeah. like stuff like that. So they were there, you know, they a little did, healthy. You know, they did another thing on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. Involving. Yeah. Uh, Off office. Shooting. Uh, what they say it was office. Uh, office supplies. Office supplies. Correct. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah. So um, it was, uh, I, I really enjoyed this match. I hope that we get to see some more. BCC together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, before any other thing could potentially happen, you know, yeah. an injury could happen. Mm -hmm. or they split the group for whatever reason, you know, God, I hope that, you yeah. know, it, eventually all good things come to an end. But mm -hmm. I mean, I still, still feel like it's been, yeah, it's, it's 10 still, years from now. <laughs> exactly. Like it's still relatively new. Like they haven't been together that, that long. Let, let's keep it going. And, you know, everybody in the group is so well, loved really like moxley danielson claudio and wheeler uter that's like four of the most loved professional wrestlers in the company right now Absolutely. and regal is a you know a hero among men so it's one of those things where like yeah just like i would like to see them don't get me wrong they all have single things you know moxley is the AEW champion wheeler uter obviously is the former pure champion so he was involved claudio was the former Ring of Honor. So I like them all doing their single stuff too, but I would like to see them more involved as a unit together. Um, I feel like that has been lacking. Like they have their representation through the show and Regal is kind of the thing that, uh, <laughs> and we got we got our friend uh, Big Ben popping in here and he said, hey, his, his hot controversial take of the day is pro wrestling is pretty sweet. Uh, I agree, my friend, coming in hot, flamethrowing. <sighs> Over here, Big Ben. Good to see you, my friend. Hope you're doing well this morning. Um, yeah, so I, I am in agreement with you. I do. I would like to see the BCC kind of together as a group on my screen, just a tad bit more, just a tad bit more. But I love everything they're doing anyway. All right, we then got another tag match. Um, we had a lot of tag matches on this show uh, on the Rampage, but we got another tag match. It was Josh Woods and Tony Nice with Smart Mark Sterling going against the Varsity Blondes, who obviously consist of Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, I thought this match was okay. It's what It was what you thought it was going to be. Um, I will say this, though. As somebody who hasn't seen a lot or didn't know much about Josh Woods before he's shown up on AEW these last few months, I am very impressed by him. He's uh, He's got a good look. I think he's with Smart Mark. Being with Smart Mark is a good thing because Smart Mark can cut a promo and get people to boo you and get a reaction from people. So I think he fits in well with the group. Um, but I've been impressed with him like in the ring. He's very, very good. I know he is a former pure champion. So obviously you would expect him to be adequate to that in the ring, but it's just somebody who's only seen whatever we've seen on AEW, what three, four matches, maybe. Um, I'm very yeah, impressed I'm by that. Good. And Tony niece is great. We we've all seen Tony. Nese. Like he's in the ring. He's very, very good. Um, and I like the Varsity Blondes too, but I just wanted to call out Josh Woods because he's relatively new to me, uh, and I think I think he's been very good. He's kind of not wowed me. That might be strong, but he's kind of like been like, okay, yeah, this guy's good. Um, what did you think about this match? I, I I thought it was I thought it was good, you know. Um, but again, nothing crazy to write home about. But Woods and Nice getting the win um, is what I expected. Right it was I, the I, right call. Yeah, I think that was the right thing blocks, to you know? do. Uh, they don't win much, but it is what it is. 
So. No, yeah, I mean, and I like Varsity Blondes as well. I think that you know they've been kind of pushed to the side as of late. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate. Uh, I don't know if they've been on dark that much. If they uh, on dark, I, I don't think not so. a, not a ton. They were earlier on, but not a ton. No. Yeah. So it's uh, that's unfortunate, but you know that's. That's what happens. It's, yeah, it's a lot of more people, a lot more people now in AEW, so it's gonna, yeah, you know, which is like a positive, but also a negative, and mm-hmm. it's negatively, you know, we're not yeah, gonna see yeah, Blondes sure. as much. Yeah. So, um, I actually I totally agree with you on Josh Woods. I think I I had not seen him previously mm-hmm. before AEW. Yeah. Uh, and I think he had he absolutely has a great look. Oh yeah. And uh, could be a contender for a title, I would say, a TNT title. I think so. I think, I think so. I think, yeah, absolutely. Down the line, for sure. I mean, like I said, yeah, and we both agree. He just, he has a certain look about him that it's like, okay, yeah, like, and he can go. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. We have, Big Ben does ask us a question. He says, as fans, when you see a local on TV, either in a squash or as security, in your mind, do, do you view them any more valuable or do you think it's like a cool tip of the cap that your local guy was there? Um, I think it's a tip of the, I mean, so I can speak, I've seen you on my television a couple of times, Ben, uh, getting no offense, but getting your ass handed to you by Rhonda a few times. And the, but again, and I can ask you as a, as a performer, how does that feel to you? Like, do you feel like it's a tip of the cap to the work you've done to be put in that position? Or do you think like, Hey, this is my chance to go out there and imp- like, I assume it's a combination of both. Um, I view it as a tip of the cap. Yeah, Big Ben's, there you go, Zach coming in saying Big Ben security. Um, like for me, when Raw was in Edmonton a few weeks ago and they had the Miz Force, the, the security guards that were protecting the Miz, four of those guys, but three of those guys in particular were uh, MRB, who was the LPW Grand Champion, Stephen Crow, and Jack Pride. And those are three originals, constants in the LPW wrestling company. Um, So when I saw that, I was like, dude, that's just dope. Like, good for them. They're on WWE TV. They're probably going to get their asses kicked at some point tonight. Fine. But, like, it was just cool to see people I know. Like, I've interviewed MRB. Like, I'm a part of LPW. So, like, to see those people on the screen, like, to me, it's like, it is a tip of the cap. Like, Hey, they're working their ass off on there and they're getting up in Canada and the, the fed is in town and uh, they're kind of giving some local guys the rub a little bit. You get to be on TV, whether it is quickly getting an arm bar from Ronda Rousey, or it is just in a backstage segment with the Miz. Like that's gotta be cool as shit. And it's cool as it's cool as shit for fans who know these wrestlers or see, you know, we all see the security in every town. We're like, oh, here come the local independents coming out here, gonna get I, their yeah, butts I, kicked, you know? Yeah, I love, I, I do love that as well. I see, like, I, I've gone back and watched old, like, not old, like 90s, but I mean, like, mid 2000s, early 2000s, or even 2010s. Yes. Uh, where you go, oh wow! Like I, I actually, perfect example. I just watched uh, not too long ago. I was rewatching uh, CM Punk's heel run in yep. the, the second one, 
and uh, who was in the background of, uh, I think Seamus was, Seamus and, and CM Punk were going at it at one yep. point, and uh-huh. there was security in the behind Seamus, and who was behind there, but Daddy Magic, and uh, Matt, Matt, Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, and yeah. uh, Hand Edge. Yeah, Angela and there's Parker. that. There's that famous security video of Samoa Joe where he kind of like hits MJF because MJF's right. playing security. Like, and there's so many videos like that where you see Ricky Starks got Ricky Starks, uh, yeah. attacked so, by Ryback. Yeah, uh, so it's it's kind of cool to always see that. And like when they come to Boston, like I'm from Massachusetts, we have a couple local wrestling federations, but the big one around here is called Chaotic Chaotic Wrestling. Kofi Kingston came from there. Sasha Banks came from there. Warbeard Hansen, who's one of the Viking Raiders, came from there. We got a lot, you know, it has a, a pretty rich history. So when they're in Boston, and, you know, I don't go to as many local shows as I probably should, but I go to maybe one a month, you know, when I can and stuff like that. Um, when they're in Boston and they need security or they need backstage hands and you see somebody, you're like, oh, my God, I've been watching that guy wrestle monthly in the friggin', you know, high school. For the last three, like three years or two years, like that's dope as hell. And, you know, it's, it's just very cool. And uh, Zach says, I'm with Drew. It's awesome to look back on talents who made it in their small appearances, i.e. Punk on Cena's car, Gargano as Cedric Van Housen, and sure enough, the future Ben getting armbarred. It is cool because you can look back on it. And like when MJF rose to prominence with AEW these last few years, that video start, you know, what were the videos that surfaced? The Rosie O'Donnell video, video when he was a little kid singing on there. The Samoa Joe stuff. Like you get to see all these old videos like that, and it's just it's cool to see. It's just very yeah. cool to see. So it is. It's really cool. Yeah, you know, and I've seen. I'm I'm the same way. I'm really not able to get to as much local wrestling as I would like. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I don't even really know what a local. I know there's like NYWC. There's yeah. um, Hog House of Glory. Yeah, right? House of Glory. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like they do New York stuff. Not yeah. too far, and you know, in the next state over is DPW. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'd love to go to one of those shows. One day. Oh yeah. Um. So, and, you know, with work, I'm not like you, you know, we're very busy. So yeah, like, yeah, we have, yeah, we have. Get to these things. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, I think that it shows not just that I would value a local wrestler on TV, but it shows that the company values them. Yeah. And that they're on that specific company's radar and they're on, you know, they're on pro wrestling's radar, which I yeah. think is obviously a positive thing for any up and coming wrestler. Of course. Um, so that you have a situation like MJF where, mm-hmm. you know, or any of these guys that we talked about. So it's, it's, I think that that's um, absolutely, and it's a little bit, you know, it's a cool, it's a cool tip of the cap as well. Of course. It's, it's, really, it's both things. Yeah. Question. Yeah, I agree. And Ben, thank you for the question. We appreciate you, my friend. All right, getting back to Rampage. After this match, actually, Mark Sterling, he revealed that uh, Josh Woods and Tony Nese are now going to be named, are now to be named as the varsity athletes, and that Pillman Jr. and Garrison can no longer use the word, we appreciate you too, my friend. We really do. Um, Can no longer use the word varsity. Uh, And then that led to Billy Gunn and 
The acclaimed coming out, getting a huge ovation. They interrupted Sterling before the three scissored in the ring with Woods, Sterling, and Nice kind of leaving the scene. Um, yeah. We then, and we'll get into that because there was some stuff about scissoring that happened on Dynamite that we need to talk about a little yeah. bit. So, uh, and then we had Eddie Kingston cutting a real quick promo in the back. He apologized for his attack on Sammy Guevara at Grand Slam. Apologize. Apologized. Yeah. Um, and then he proceeded to get on the producer a little bit. He called him an ass hat. I thought that was very funny. I love Eddie Kingston. I'm an Eddie Kingston stan. I will forever be. Um, and I, I was at that show that were being referenced right there. Grand yeah, Slam. Grand. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, that decision was not... You know, it didn't come off as great on no. TV, but let me tell you something. No. It was not. It was about 10 times worse. Yeah. Live in person. It should have been. It should have been. I believe that was truly the wrong decision there. Um, all right. We have yet again another tag match. Every I think every match on Rampage was a tag match. I'm pretty sure. Like at least a trios or a tag. I'm pretty sure. You're right. Yeah. Um, I didn't even realize. That. Right. I didn't even realize watching it, but now that I'm like kind of just looking at the notes of the results, I'm like, hot damn, all four of these matches were tag matches. <laughs> Whatever. I love tag team. Right? I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. complaining. I'm not complaining. Yeah. Um, but we had TJAS. I believe that's what they're going by. Uh, it was Ty, uh, Ty Mello and Anna J against Sky Blue and Madison Rain. Um, uh, Tay Mello, Ty Mello, and Anna Jay got the win, as I feel like that's what should have done. They are in a prominent group with the Yas, uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. They are in a prominent position. Um, so I do think it was right for them to get the win here. Um, I did think Sky Blue looked pretty good in this match. I think that was part of the, you know, it wasn't a necessarily like super duper long match. Um, and it was, you know, it was, a, again, standard fare was good, but it was standard. But I do think yeah. that the moments that Sky Blue had, they made her look really good, which she's still super duper young. And her being with Madison Rain, I think, is to kind of prop her up a little bit as she kind of continues to hopefully work her way up into a mainstay of the women's division. Um, yeah. What did you think of this tag match with the four uh, individuals here, the four women? And... Yeah, like, do where do we think? And you know, you know, this can lead to another uh, conversation about the women's division, but in AEW, which has been talked about a lot. Um, where do we like? Is there a a Ty Mello Anna J? Like, where are they going? Like, where? And we saw Anna J a little bit on Dynamite, which we'll talk about. Um, but like, where? Like, is it just? I don't know. I feel like a lot of the women's matches, especially the ones that don't involve the title. They're just there to to be there. Like this match was just a tag match, just to have a good tag match. But like, is there a story behind it? Is this going to lead to Ty and Anna J moving? Like, where do we go from here? I guess when it comes to like these particular, you know, I, I yeah, it's it's the one thing that I and I and again, I'm we we have a show that is based just on AEW. We have this because we both love AEW, uh, but AEW is not perfect, as we you know, it's not. But I just feel like a lot of the stuff in general, but particularly with the women, I find that a lot of it is good and I like seeing them. I need to see them more on my screen, but a lot of it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I, that's bother. It's bothersome to me. You know, they everything... these, like little, they have like the, the backstage segments are yes. really just to serve the purpose of a match. Correct. And that's it. 
Yeah, like, but they happen out of nowhere. Most of them don't have any prolonged stories. It's just like, hey, you're having an interview. I'm going to interrupt you and talk some shit, and then we're going to have a match, and then yeah. we're never going to fucking talk to each other again. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well. Unfortunate. Yeah. At some point, yeah. like, give me We've something both, to invest in. You we know? both heavily criticized the women's division and have started to praise it now with the addition of Soraya and, and breaking out of the 920 mold. But well, they, they kind got of back, back into that mold week. last night. So. Yeah. Uh, this, last night, I mean. Yeah, they, they did kind of go back to that. Uh, <laughs> no Soraya on the show at all. Yeah. Yeah, which was I thought a little strange for their Canada debut. I thought yeah. they would want to. Yeah, that was that know. was a little bizarre. So, whatever. But yeah. um, for this match, I do. I I like Sky Blue. I think she has been developing really great. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I some people criticize her talking, but I actually did enjoy the backstage promo that served for this match last week. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that last week as well. I actually do like, I did like that segment. So, you know, it's a hit and miss. There's going to be a segment that works and a segment that doesn't. I liked that one. I thought it was a hit. And of course, this was subjective. So some people didn't. And that's okay because wrestling is subjective. So um, Madison Rain, I'm not that knowledgeable of. Yeah. Uh, but what I have seen of her, she had a match with Britt, I think. Yes, right? that was yeah, that was, I think that I think that was her first AEW match. I think. Yeah, but very early. And I enjoyed on. that, and then this match, I think she's. I, I like the pairing. I th- I feel yeah. like they could explore that more. They're probably not going to. See, to me, right? And I know they only have three hours of television a week. I understand that, you know. However, this is the perfect story. If you want to get Sky Blue over Madison Rain, and I'm like you, I'm, I wasn't, I didn't watch a ton of Impact, a ton of TNA. I've mainly been, and we've talked about, it, I've mainly been a WWE guy up until, you know, would, I watch a little bit of everything, but like I, my youth of wrestling was mainly just WWE. I wasn't a big TNA person. I didn't, you know, I knew who the people I needed to know from there were, but like I didn't watch a lot of it. Madison Rain is a big deal. Madison Rain is a multi-time champion, like in a tag, you know, she had a tag team run in there. Like, so like she's a known really good veteran wrestler. You want to make somebody or you want to try to make somebody like Madison rain. Her name has some gravitas to it, pair them up in a tag team and then have either Madison turn on the youngster or have sky blue, get tired of the old person dragging her, dragging her down. And you can make this a secondary women's feud. Of just the young gun who wants to make a mark, who's tired of the old person kind of holding her back or thinking she needs to tag along, or the yeah. older veteran like Madison saying, nah, nah, youngster, like, no, nah, you're not in my league, whatever. Like, you could, it's a very easy story to tell. They just don't fucking do it. They just don't fucking do it. And I don't know why they don't do it. When it comes to the win, like they just did this story with Jungle Boy and Christian, just do the same friggin' thing with it's the same thing. You know we're, what I mean? We're, we're gonna have a long discussion about this when we get oh, to the main event. It's just annoying how they don't like <laughs> there's so much stuff that's easy to do. It's easy to do, and they just don't do it and it annoys the hell out of me. But anyway, um, 
We then had the typical Mark Henry interview the Dark Order and Death Triangle. You know, it's time for the main event. That typical uh, segment there. Um, and then we had a small little promo from Swerve. Um, how he was just promoting the match with Billy Gunn. That happened on Dynamite last night, which we'll talk about. Billy Gunn, you know, just fighting on Dynamite. Unbelievable. Um, and then uh, that led to the main event of the evening, which was for the AEW Trios Tag Team Championship match. I thought this match ruled. I thought it was very good, as you would expect it to be, with the Death Triangle, who are yeah. all incredible, and the Dark Order. John Silver is my hero. I fucking love John Silver. Um, thought this match ruled. Had tremendous good, sp uh, good spots. Roosh um, got involved a little bit as well with the assistant towards the end. However, I think the decision at the end of this match was the wrong one. Um, they were promoting this match that it was the one year or the anniversary of Brody Lee's last match in AEW. And yet, because of the Andrade situation, you changed the main event to make it a trios for the titles involving the Dark Order on the anniversary of the Dark Order's leader his last match, and we obviously all know what happened with Brody, God rest his soul. You think, coming in, okay, well, the Dark Order should win. They should have a celebratory victory, the Brody Lee stuff, the Dark Order. Everybody loves the Dark Order. They're fan favorites. They've really been pushed to the side. Half of them have been released in the last year, year and a half. Like This would have been a good moment for them, and I think they should have pulled the trigger. I really think they should have. Death Triangle can win it back shortly. Like you did, they don't. It, it doesn't have to stay on the dark order. They don't have to stay on the dark order forever. They can win them and hold them for two weeks or a month and lose them back if they want. You know what I mean? I just, I felt like this was an opportunity where the right answer was written on the wall for you, and you just didn't do it. That's how I feel. It's a common theme with some of the things that we're yes. talking today yeah <laughs> however while I, so i will say first my one of my main criticisms of this was going to be how lifers with the company i mean this company is only three years old so, yeah. but the 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 original mainstays the ones from the beginning the practically the first shows yeah like dark order like best friends mm -hmm. How one of my criticisms was going to be how, oh, you know, it, it feels like these people who have never gotten a title in this company just get pushed to the side. Yep. But then the main event of Battle of Belts, Battle of the Belts happens, and that's, oh, no, not Battle of the Belts, sorry. That was the, uh, yesterday on Dynamite, I mean. Yes. With the All Atlantic Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened, so it's like, oh, so okay. I, I, that criticism it doesn't have that much merit anymore because yeah. of what happened yesterday. So, uh, but with the Dark Order, ah, uh, I, it's, it's, it is, it is, it is a little upsetting. It's a little upsetting. Yeah, I, it, it was just a clear decision to make to me. It's it's obvious now, looking yeah. back, that whatever 
was going to happen, whether it was the singles match with the mask mm-hmm. between First Andrade or, whatever, and Tank, yeah. or this match, Dark Order was just not going to win on this show. No, I don't think so. Because Dark Order that. 10 was not going to win that match. No, no. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, so, but again. And not, nothing that, against 10. No, of course, of course not. And the match ruled. The match was very good. It was like really, really good. Uh, yeah. The, just, the spot where they did the the double. I don't remember what move uh, Reynolds does that Silver does the suplex. Yeah. Yes. And then Ken did the Brody yeah. Lee mm-hmm. thing, and and that was like that was where the match should have ended. Yeah, it should have ended right the there. Let everyone lose their mind in the audience. Let Dark Order have that moment. And like I said, two weeks from now, you can do a rematch and Death Triangle can win him back and nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. But in that night, in that moment, you got, I mean, come on, come on. It was right there for you. It was literally right there for you. I understood. Obviously, it wasn't done just randomly. They were serving other storylines. Mm-hmm. And they had As, to do it on the fly because of the Andrade situation. So they had to scramble to even redo the, you know, there were circumstances they, that led to stuff. They had a couple of days. They we did. They know. did. Like, come on. But so I understand why it was done in that way, because it served the, the, the Roosh and, and Jose thing and mm-hmm. trying to get 10 out of the dark order. And yep. also it's, as we're seeing from the past two weeks, Pac is being very heelish. Mm-hmm. He's cheating to win. He's using objects. So it's it's understandable why they did that. Yeah. But did you really have to do that? <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah, just come on. Yeah. <sighs> but all in all, it was it was a very good match, and Rampage was a good show. It's just, and like you said, this is the booking decisions are going to be layered throughout this episode of firmly AEW with the two of us. Like, I think we're going to have things that we really, really liked. And then I think we're going to have things where we're kind of along this theme of like things we are going to be firmly critical of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then we slide over to battle of the belts and we had the thing that I liked was, so the trios match ends with Pac and Death Triangle standing tall. And then starting Battle of the Belts, Pac is just, he's pulling double duty. He's right, they're just like, no, we're going right at, like Pac's just staying out there. And he's just going to wrestle again. So they they open Battle of the Belts. We have Pac defending the All-Atlantic Championship against Trent Beretta. Um, Again, another, you know, Pac, and, you know, this is not taking anything away from Trent because Trent is excellent in the ring as well. Pac is one of the best workers in the world, period. Um, and he had another really, really good match here for the All-Atlantic Championship with Trent. Um, Pac does get the win by using the hammer um, to get the to get the pinfall win. Um, again, a really good match. Two really good in-ring workers. You know, we kind of... We, we talked about this a little bit last week in our preview a tad, but like I felt like going into Battle of the Belts, all three matches looked good on paper, and I was I was sure they were going to be mm-hmm. good bouts, but I knew the winners of all three matches before the show even started. Um, and I and it, it just goes one of that- them, one of them 
you could have made an argument that I the agree. other person was going to win. I agree. And we did a few, we did, but mm -hmm. looking at it on paper, I was like, ah, oh, they're going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win. I can probably miss this show. And yes, I will miss good wrestling matches, but I'm not going to miss much of what happens here. Um, but Pac did get the win. He does retain. Uh, what did you think of this opening bout? Um, these two, these two are in fight forever territory for me because mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. exactly the type of wrestling that I love. Hard hitting, fast paced. They are phenomenal at it. Two of the best. Yep. So, you know, Trent, somebody who I was not familiar with before AEW, and I'm very happy I am familiar with him now. Yeah. He is Chef's Kiss. He's very good. He's very good. And, and Pac uh, as well. You know, I knew I Pac, yeah. from AEW, Pac from WWE. And, yeah, Pac as well. Trent, yeah, I so I first knew of Trent because he was in WWE very early on in his career. Um, right. Yeah. And, and then he left and he did the New Japan Ring of Honor type stuff. And that's where I kind of didn't see a ton of him. Um, but yeah, ever since AEW, like, he's terrific. He's terrific. Singles, tag, trios, he can do it all. He's good at everything. Really good in the ring. I'm glad he got this one-on-one -on -one match to kind of, you know, they let him have one-on-one -on -one matches every so often too. I think he fought Kenny Omega once on a Dynamite one-on-one, -on -one, which was an excellent match. The dude can go. And I'm glad that uh, they give him the opportunity to showcase his skills like in a one-on-one -on -one situation where you can actually like see like, holy crap, like this guy's like really, really good. And, and just really quickly going, I realizing what I was saying about Blackpool Combat Club earlier was mm. similar to what you're saying. So I'm not, I wasn't saying that like I always need them to be yeah. a group all the time. Absolutely go and do that single stuff. I think that's very important. I think that helps. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know what? This guy, you can't just put him in the bubble of a tag team or a trios or whatever. Yeah. He can go as a singles guy too. So I'm absolutely fine with singles with trios or, or tag teams doing singles matches. Yeah. But I like seeing them all together as well. Of course. So, you know, we haven't seen best friends together wrestle in a match. It's been a while. It's, it's been really a just bit. the when they were in that trios, yeah, the trios tournament. tournament. Yeah. So uh -oh. um he ain't he ain't around anymore. He ain't around anymore. We no. might we might not see him anymore. But thank you for being here. Thank you for your comment. Yeah. Good old CM Punk. I, I miss him too. I miss him too. But sadly, I think that ship might have might have sailed. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Who knows? You never say never in pro wrestling, correct? Um, after the match, though, the reason why he was on TV was because you could say never say never. Exactly. <laughs> uh, after the match, though, Orange Cassidy attacked Pac. Um, after the match, and they were separated by security guards, which led to what we'll talk about a little bit on Dynamite. Um, we then had Chris Jericho, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker uh, interviewed backstage by Skiavone by Tony Schiavone. Um, basically, they were all talking about how disappointed they were in Daniel Garcia and his decisions of late and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then Jericho said that uh, on Wednesday on Dynamite, he was going to dishonor the Ring of Honor legacy as the Lionheart against Brian Danielson as they were they were fighting, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, they were fighting for the Ring of Honor, or the Ring of Jericho, as he calls it, World Championship uh, on Dynamite. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that. I really oh, am. I love it. I love I, it. It's, that's it's so the type good. of stuff I enjoy. It's like yeah. Ring it's of so Honor good. is the one of the most pure wrestling companies mm -hmm. in existence. 
Yeah. And the sports entertainer guy. Yeah. Jericho is like the just... antithesis of everyone, of everything they do not want yeah. in Ring of Honor. And the fact that he is their champion and he's like leaning into it, like like you would expect him to, it's just perfect. It's yeah. perfect stuff. Also, um, any interview with Matt Menard the best is very distracting. Because yeah. all you really want to do is watch Matt Menard. Exactly. Exactly. And if you like Matt, yeah. If everything. you like Matt Menard, the wordsmith just made his triumphant return here to Love Wrestling last week in poetry of a promo where he recites uh famous wrestling promos or good wrestling promos in the form of poetry. And his return, his triumphant return was the big boy shit promo from Matt Menard after the uh, blood and guts that circled on the internet. So go check uh, that out. You can find it on our God, YouTube. You can probably find it on our Twitch too. Uh, it was the return of poetry or promo. And he talked about that Matt Menard big boy shit promo, which for me is still one of, if not still the top promo of the year, just the emotion and everything that went beyond like incredible. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> they should call Brock Lesnar and F5 Jericho. Out. They should, they should. That'd be something cross promotion. You want to talk about that? Speaking of Brock, he just came back the other night too. With that, everyone's coming back. But anyway, yeah. we're here to talk about AEW. But still, um, all right. We then had the TBS Championship match. We had the challenger, everyone's favorite, Willow Nightingale, going up against Jade Cargill, who had the baddies with her. Um. I was hoping this match. I, we had talked about it last week. I think we were both pulling for Willow here. I th I'm yeah. pretty sure we all were. Um, I would have liked to have seen Willow win, but I completely understood and I expected Jade to win. Uh, and that's what we did get. Um, I thought this match was solid. I would have liked it to have a little bit more time, but I thought it was good. Um, Willow is great. Jade is a superstar. You see Jade and you're like, just next level. Just next level things. And I, again, I thought this match was good, um, but I think it would have been it would have been nice to kind of shock us a little bit. And and you know, I, I and we talked about it at length last week. Jade to me is just she's a she is now. And again, this is not a detriment of the TBS title because I think that belt is important and it can be used for someone like a Willow Nightingale to raise someone like that. Uh -huh. Jade is above that title. She's above the title now. To me, to me. And I feel like they, and I, I think it was going to be Statlander and, you know, shit happens and people get injured and it sucks, but I think they need to come up with a plan to get that belt off Jade soon because Jade needs to focus on becoming the AEW women's champion sooner than later. Cause I think that's where she is now. Um, that's just how I feel, but I completely understood and I expected Jade to win. I thought the match was solid, uh, but I was really, really pulling for Willow. Me too. It was, uh, that was another one of those things where you go, so why are you pushing this so heavily? Mm. And then the person who obviously should win doesn't. Mm. So that's what happened with Dark Order. Yeah. So you're pushing Brody Lee's last match, but then Dark Order loses. You're pushing mm. Willow as a legitimate threat to Jade for the first time, really, in Jade's whole run as the TBS champion. And then Willow doesn't win. <laughs> it's it, it it was like like we've been talking about that questionable you know booking decision of yep. drawing out the obvious, mm -hmm. but 
not capitalizing and just going, no, we're not doing that. We're yeah. going to do the regular thing that we normally do instead. So uh, I was sad about it, but I thought the match was great. And it also served to a new feud, which is yes. Nyla Rose, who yes. sold the belt yeah. after the match. And we were going to dive uh, into that. But yep, that did happen, which I think... That's something we haven't seen something like that in AEW yet. Like someone trying to do like like we've seen it a little bit, but like I think that's a good wrinkle. I think that's a good wrinkle into things. I think Nyla, Nyla is someone, Nyla is the perfect person to do. Yeah, like that. and I, and I'm, she I'm is glad so entertaining she is, and I'm glad that they're like she's still the native beast, but they're not treating her like this month. Like they're letting her show her character and they're letting her be funny. Because yeah. on Twitter, if you follow her, she's one of the funniest. Like she's hilarious. Like she's a great Twitter follow. Yeah. She's very charismatic, very funny. Like she can do that and still be a beast because she is a beast. Um, and I'm glad that they like slowly but surely over the last little while have like let her you like let her be herself a little bit and let her be that, you know, funny person that people she are gonna like. They're gonna gravitate toward towards her. She yeah. doesn't need Vicky Guerrero. She doesn't, no, she doesn't. need any type of a person to talk for her because she agree. can do that phenomenally mm -hmm. all by herself yep i agree uh so i did like that i did like how she stole the belt and we'll talk about it on dynamite but she you know had the belt on dynamite was wearing it acting like she was the tbs champion like it's good stuff it's good stuff and it's it's again i a jade and nyla program is something that i could buy nyla rose beating jade i can buy that Former AEW Women's Champion, the Native Beast. Physically, she is not as tall as Jade, but she can handle. Like she's a big girl, she can handle Jade. She's powerful. She's quick. Mm -hmm. That to me is a is a feud that I could buy into. But like, I need Jade to be in a promo. If you're going to keep the TBS title on her, I need Jade to be in a a feud that is just not a one and done. Because that's my problem. That's been with Jade is. She's had all these good matches and she's fighting good, you know, and, you know, I'm, I almost called her Ember, but like she's fighting all these good people, but they're one and done's like she's fighting them, beating them. And, and then it's on to the next. It's like, okay, like give me a multi, like give me a multi-match feud here. Like let me invest and sink my teeth into something with yeah. Jade instead of just knocking off more numbers on the undefeated streak. Like I don't want like, yes, that matters. That's part of it. But like, Give me a two or, you know, give me a two or three match feud here with Nyla. Like, do it, you know, like I, I that's the right person that you, I think you can do it with. So I'm hoping this story of, uh, you know, not just her being a challenger, but her taking the title and stuff like that. I'm hoping this leads to a more prolonged and thing. The, so the counting, it's not just been title defenses, right? It's been just, it's just victories. It's just straight up victories. She's yeah. never been pinned. Never been beat. Yeah, no. Yeah, because I was thinking, oh, they could do like a non-title thing, which I'm not I'm not really a huge fan of doing that. No. But if they wanted to give somebody a win over her without taking the title off of her, you could make it a non-title thing. Yeah, or maybe she snaps because she wants her title back and gets DQ'd or something. You, 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 right. you can figure out a way to do it where, but I don't know if, I'm assuming they're setting up the undefeated streak to eventually put somebody over, forget for finally beating this unbeatable person, but right. you know, who knows who that's going to be. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then backstage we had Matt Hardy, Ethan page and Stokely Hathaway were interviewed. 
Um, Hathaway and Page were accusing Hardy of contract tampering, uh, to which Hardy responded by saying that he would delete them if they uh, stopped, you know, didn't mind their own business. Um, we then had Hook, who was interviewed um, about a letter that he got from the Trust Busters, but Hook refused to answer questions and he just tore the letter up and left. Um, and then we had Tony Storm. So we had kind of just a bunch of quick little one hitters, you would say, uh, in a row. And then we had Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida cut a promo basically saying that they were going to beat Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, which was a match that we'll talk about that was on Dynamite last night. Um, we then had the main event of Battle of the Belts. It was for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. Uh, it was FTR defending against Bishop Khan. And I hope I don't mess this up. And Toa Lanoa, is that how they the say The Embassy, which the we embassy, did not yes. remember last week. Yes, the, the Embassy. Uh, is Bishop Khan and Toa Lanoa, I think I'm saying that right, who are with Prince Nana, uh, who the Embassy, they made their presence on Dynamite too that we'll talk about as well. Um, I mean, this is an FTR match. I love all FTR matches. I'm not, I, I didn't complain about this one either. I This is the first time I really saw the embassy, like those two guys specifically in the embassy. Um, yeah. Obviously I've seen plenty of Brian cage, but uh, these two guys specifically, this was one of the first times I've seen them and they were good. They are very impressive. They look impressive. They look like monsters. They wrestle. They're quick. Um, they're physical. Um, they had a couple good moves. They had an air raid crash at one point that I thought was dope. Um, I was, I, I, I was impressed with what I saw. I do think if they are built properly, and I think they're going to be in Ring of Honor uh, and not really a ton on AEW, but I think if built properly, this is a group that can kind of take over Ring of Honor whenever Ring of Honor has its own thing and what's going on. I think this is always, I'm a big faction guy. Um, yeah, I thought this match was solid, as you would expect. FTR really doesn't have bad matches. Um, and this was another one that was not a bad match. Uh, FTR did win. Again, like which was pretty predictable. Um, but yeah, what did you think about the main event? The Prince Nana did try to interfere at the end. They tried to do some shady shit, um, but it didn't work. Uh Dax actually like threw Khan like on top of Nana, kind of like to like get out of the way. And they actually won with a backslide. We saw a backslide pin victory. Yeah. Uh to win this match, which is good. Awesome. I think when used properly and used sparingly enough roll-ups and backslides and cradle pins and things like that are really effective. Yes. Just not when you see them every fucking second match, WWE. Old WWE, not so much anymore. But you know what I mean. Um, but, yeah, I thought this was a solid match. I expected FTR to retain. They did. Um, kind of what did you think about the main event? Would you, Have you seen much of uh, Khan and Lanoa, or were you kind of like me where this is really like one of the first times? Yeah. It, it, yeah. Just from what they were doing, like on the Death Before Dishonor, on any of the Ring of Honor pay-per-views post Tony buying Ring of Honor, yeah. Um, I've not been I've been aware of Khan for a while now. Uh, I've been following him on Twitter for at least a year, so I'm yep. like I know of him. So I've seen like clips on Twitter and whatnot. Um, what a physical specimen, mm. like carved out of granite like yeah really just very yeah. very impressive look very impressive look um it's it, it's i think it's the so the match was like you said ftr uh yeah. just 
special. So special. Mm-hmm. Um, the fun parts happen at the end, of course, with the uh, Wardlow and I was gonna say Ward we saw Joe, after, after the match, Brian Cage came out and they were beating down FTR and they were saved yeah. by Ward Joe. They called them Wardlow and Samoa Joe. So that was really fun. Afterwards, you got that moment with all them in the ring and kind of stuff like that. So that was it was a good way to end the mat uh end the show with kind of the baby faces in the ring getting yeah you know getting the love you know yeah so i thought overall the with the inclusion of that match the the battle of the belt show was a very good show mm-hmm. because the wrestling is never not gonna hit you know yeah it's, the wrestling is generally not a myth yeah but i don't the results being yeah. obvious and I, and like I think that's that's becoming a trend, and we'll dive in, and we're and, you know we're going to talk about the main show Dynamite here before we get out of here. But um, I think that's becoming a trend with AEW is we all know the matches are going to be great because they have great matches that they know how to book matches. It's the the decision making, the stories, the things like that that. Th- AEW seems to kind of, I'm not going to say they've lost their way because I still very much enjoy the shows. Oh, yeah. Um, but I still the, watch that. I still make that appointment viewing. Oh, of course. Before of course. we were doing firmly AEW, I was yeah. still making AEW shows appointment viewing. Absolutely. WWE or anything else. Absolutely. But it was one of those things to me where I feel like the booking specifically of the last like three to six months, and don't get me wrong, having your world champion or the plan in place, get injured, and then friggin' scorch the earth at a press conference, leading to a fight that you have to dis- suspend four of your top five people, uh, that'll do that to you. And it will make you scramble and maybe have to shift things and stuff like that. But at the same time, I do feel like the storytelling and the booking aspects of AEW these last... Um, three or four months have not been as strong as the previous six or year before that, but it's still a good show. I still like it. So, all right, we're going to transition to AEW dynamite. Uh, the show was opened by really the biggest news of the week. They announced it literally like 15 minutes. I officially announced that there were rumors all week, but they have fit Tony Khan officially announced it on Twitter, like 15 minutes before dynamite went live. Um, AEW has officially announced the signing of Renee Paquette, formerly Renee Young, John Moxley's wife. Uh, this is a huge signing. Uh, and we just had a huge female signing with AEW and Soraya. This, to me, is equally as huge. Renee is what we call in baseball a five-tool player. She can do anything you need her to do. She can commentate if you need her. She can do in-ring interviews if you need her. She can do backstage interviews if you need her. She can be on a podcasting network for you if you need her. She can do anything, literally. Um, she could she be versat- legitimately. I I I truly feel like she. They need to ramp up promotion and ramp up. Just the general, like that's that little stuff that we when we see so much. Yep. With WWE, like a like a post show or mm-hmm. a, you know anything like what she what she was doing. She did yep. talking smack with Brian Danielson. She did backstage. Oh, she did one hundred one. You know, be the, like, be the host of all the buy-ins, all the what. Like she can do literally any. Like she is 
as versatile a person in professional wrestling as you can find. And it's gigantic. It's a gigantic signing. Like, and I know she's not going to get in the ring and be an in-ring competitor. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is no, as I, I, I totally agree. She is a gigantic signing. Unbelievable. Of what she because like you said, she is a five two player. She mm-hmm. can do anything. Anything. So please. And she's make her do everything. Yeah. Please. <laughs> like, yeah. And she was sprinkled throughout dynamite and it was wonderful. It was wonderful to see her. Everyone loves Renee. Everyone knows how great Renee is at basically everything she does. Um, huge, huge signing. And I know WWE was interested in bringing her back and they had reached out and, you know, they, the reports were from SRS that they were under the impression that she was imminently signing with AEW, which obviously came true. So leading into dynamite, the show opened with Renee coming out, got a, Huge ovation, yeah, as she should. It was in Canada, but she would have got that anywhere, I think. Um, but it was in Canada. She is the home country home. Was she from Toronto? Is she the hometown girl? Is she from Toronto? I'm not 100% sure, but she's definitely a Canadian. So, you you know, Canadians love them, 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 their own Canadians. They, they love, yeah. So she came out, got a huge ovation, well deserved. You could tell she was smiling from ear to ear. She was, she was pumped to be there. And she welcomed out Canadian zone, Toronto zone, Christian Cage. Christian Cage came out. He guaranteed a victory. He said, you know, Jungle Boy's been a pain in his ass, but he's guaranteeing a victory that Luchasaurus is going to beat him. He then took some digs at uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, kind of some low-hanging fruit there, saying, I'm going to guarantee a victory tonight, just like I can guarantee that Toronto Maple Leafs will lose in the first round of the playoffs, because they always do. Thing to do. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and especially him being from Toronto, it's like just yeah. like even like, you know, just right. digging in, man. Um, it was really good. And that led to the opening matchup, which was a very good opening matchup. Oh, uh, I think um, I'm going to go, I'm going to ho- go ahead and say it right now. I think that was Luchasaurus's best match in AEW. I would agree. I would agree. And they had some bangers when they were a tag team, Jurassic Express. But I think, yeah, this was a very good match. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry against Luchasaurus. Um, the spot for me was the powerbomb through the table. Uh, the sunset was- flip over the top, like over Luchasaurus, over the top rope, the way, to the outside, the through way the way ta- like, Luchasaurus sold that. Yeah. Was picture perfect. Incredible. Picture perfect. Incredible. He sold that as Jungle Boy's momentum mm-hmm. totally getting the better of him. Yep. And I loved that. It was so good. Um ju- this whole match was Jungle Boy fighting against the strength disadvantage of Luchasaurus. It was excellent. Um that that also ja- uh Jungle Boy hit a a uh, poison rana on Luchasaurus that because of the height difference, it looked brutal when he hit it. Um, but Christian, after the sunset flip powerbomb through the table, Christian, who was on commentary, left the commentary table, and he was at ringside the rest of the match. And he got involved, not by much, but he got involved, distracted Jungle Boy enough mm-hmm. to allow, at the very end, Luchasaurus to get the one-up and defeated Jungle Boy which I actually liked because I don't want Jungle Boy beating this guy the first time. It should be, this should be a build. Jungle Boy, I wouldn't even be upset if he lost a second time to Luchasaurus. And then it just, because Christian's going to be out for a while. 
That's the payoff. We got to get there. I was all for Luchasaurus winning this match because it just creates Jungle Boy needs to get another chance now. Make him earn it. Christian will because he's a heel. Mm -hmm. Make Jungle Boy earn a second opportunity. And then eventually Jungle Boy finally beats Luchasaurus. And then it's like, oh shit, Christian, that's it. Like, it's yeah, you now. Exactly. It's you now. You if, know? While I, I talked, I believe I talked last week about not liking the decision of doing the match it all out and giving Christian that easy, quick victory mm -hmm. over Jungle Boy after their feud had been going on when they knew that Christian was going to be out for a while. Yep. Um, this was perfect. I, I actually was very happy with the decision made here. I think you, and they, you could see from the way that the match was booked that that was going to be the right result because mm -hmm. you got the reaction that it deserved, that 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 it was go looking for, and like you said, now Jungle Boy worked his way up. He's mm -hmm. got to get you know this is it is the classic David versus Goliath type yep. of storyline. Um, but David needs to get beaten a couple of times. I agree. And Luchasaurus is the perfect person. And as you said, once Luchasaurus is officially out of the picture, Christian is back, and then Christian's in some deep shit. Oh, yeah. He's going to get his comeuppance, as they say. Jungle, Jungle Boy will work his way through. Uh, backstage, it was revealed that The Firm, that's what their name, The Firm, who was with the assistant, so there was kind of some, you know, inter-group workings there, uh, that the firm now owns the contracts of private party. Uh, Matt Hardy shows up, and he's irate about it. He's like, what the hell is this? He challenges Ethan Page to a match on Rampage, and then Ethan instead, which I actually liked, Ethan instead was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I'll fight you. He, he said, I'll fight you in Canada anytime. He's like, however... How about this? How about instead of fighting you, I fight your boy over here, Isaiah, because he made Roosh look like a moron uh, on Friday. And it was put in that if Cassidy beats Ethan Page, private party is free from the firm. But if Ethan Page wins, the firm now owns the contract of Matt Hardy as well, which Matt Hardy, you could tell at first he was like, he was like, oh, shit. But then he was like, oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Yeah. But you could tell a little bit he was like, oh, no. Um, we know what's going to happen Of course here, we do. But yeah. Um, but I, th but I thought this was fine. Obvious sometimes good. Yeah. And it's not bad to do the obvious good. thing sometimes. But just sometimes AEW, and I know we're going to talk about it, AEW likes to drag it out longer than they probably should. Um, but I thought that was fine. Um, we then got basically a squash match. Uh, QT Marshall's in the ring, cutting a promo to kind of get the crowd riled up and, you know, whatever. He's perfect for that role. Get out there. You're going to lose this yeah. match, blah, 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 blah. Absolutely. And then, but it was War Joe, Wardlow and Samoa Joe versus The Factory, QT Marshall and Nick Camarado. What did they, they massacred my boy and Nick and Nick Camarado. What the hell, man? I know he's in a group that like isn't really prominent or anything like that, but that dude had a look. That guy had a look that worked for me. He looked like the barbarian and Hercules, like he looked like an 80s barbarian Hercules type 80s WWE over the top character. And now he just looks like a regular fucking big dude. And that bothers me. Well, that bothers the me. The unfortunate thing is that he's become a uh, 
a drop off of another yeah. yes. character on television right now. Yeah. So because it's, of, it's because of the person who used to be in the group of that other character on television yeah. is yeah. now in that group. Yeah. In AEW. Very, I don't know. I just, you know, whatever. That bothers me. I just saw him and I was like, what the hell, man? Like, at least he looked different before. Like, he had a look. But anyway, this was basically a squash match. Uh, this was just make made to look to make the two TV champions, the TNT and Joe with the TV title, look strong. Wardlow hit a beautiful swanton bomb. Uh, for a guy his size, he has no business looking that good when he does a swanton bomb. Uh, oh, yeah. And then Samoa Joe choked, uh, who was it? Choked Comorado out for the victory. Um, after the match, though, the embassy did come out and they challenged Wardlow to a fight. Um, and then FTR came out to kind of even the odds a little bit. Uh, and they said that they'll face the embassy FTR come out and they made the save and they said, they'll face the embassy on Friday night, but they said, Hey, we're not going to make these guys wrestle because they just wrestled. And we know there's three of you and there's only two of us, but we got somebody here, Ontario's own, the pinnacle reference. And we saw the return of the perfect 10. Sean chairman, not the chairman. It, this was 10 Sean Spears. He came out of the babyface tunnel. He looked great. He looked great. Came out. Congratulations to him. Future, future, future father. father. Yes. Yes. So that's big stuff for him. So that's very, very exciting. Came out of the babyface tunnel. Got a good reaction. He threw Aaron Solo in the ring, uh, who then got the big rig from FTR. Um and then something that wasn't really shown, it was shown on camera, but it wasn't the focus. One thing that I did like, even though I didn't like how Wardlow was just so easily forgiving because Sean Spears basically made his life a living hell for months with MJF. But when Sean Spears got in the ring, he was celebrating a little bit. And then as the camera kind of turned, him and Wardlow were face to face and they stared at each other for a few seconds. And Spears kind of like put his head down like, you know, I'm sorry, man. And he put his hands out for a handshake and Wardlow kind of gave him like, ah, it's all good, man. It's all good. Um, so I, I mod for Fightful. So I was on the, the Fightful YouTube chat for yep. night's Dynamite show. Yep. Uh, the post show. And uh, something I was really in, something that uh, Alex Pulowski said, I think really uh, resonated John Alba, who was guesting uh, for SRF. Yep. Love that man. Oh, yeah. Great man. Great man. Um, so Alex said, what we need is 30 seconds, 20 seconds even. Explain. We know Wardlow promo. This is what happened with FTR. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they say, listen, you two, you had... You had issues, but there was one major cause of those issues, and that was Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Mm -hmm. Maxwell was the one who was the puppet, the puppeteer, pulling the strings. Yep. And I think just a quick promo segment explaining that away does wonders for this. I, I, I did catch that moment that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Them in the ring. And I wished that the camera was focused on that. Yeah, I think it should have been a focus. I think that should have been 
It should have been a focus so they saw it on the screen so the live crowd could have been like, oh, shit, there's history here a right. little bit. And then just play it out, twenty, like you said, 20, 30 seconds of them maybe staring at each other. And then Spears maybe says, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And puts yeah. his hand out or something like that. And Wardlow's like, all right, man. Because like, you know, I, think whatever. It, I think it was John that said the flip side of that is, or might have been Alex, I don't remember who it was, um, said the flip side of that was Wardlow is already very good friends with FTR. Yes. Now, FTR made the decision to bring Sean Spears back into the fold as their third guy. So as, you know, you have a best friend, I imagine, right? Or you have at yeah. least, you have yeah. very close you got people. Your core, you got you your go core to. group, right? Your core group. You're going to trust your core person, one mm -hmm. of your best friends, in a decision that they make. Of course. And so I can see it as Wardlow sees FTR as his best friends yeah. who are bringing in this person. So by proxy, you kind of have positive a positive view of the person that your best friend is bringing in. Yeah, I can so, see that. So I can see it being that as well, but let's just get that explained. Yeah, I think that's promo. fair. I think yeah, that's fair. You know? Yeah, I think that's fair, 100%. Um, I apologize for the noise. I live in a downtown area, and if you can hear any background noise at all, it's people are working out on the street. So That's okay. I you live know. in Brooklyn. You live in, yeah, I was going to say, you live in Brooklyn, so you're probably used to that shit as well. Just the, I live in an old-ass building where even if the windows are shut, it does. Like, they might as well be in this fucking room with me. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, so uh, we then had Swerve. Whose house? Swerve house. Thank you. Uh, we then had Swerve against Billy Gunn. Um, Billy Gunn was accompanied to the ring by the acclaimed. The acclaimed huge pop, as they get all the time now. Mm -hmm. Uh, they cut. They cut a uh, a good rap. Max Caster made a made a, a Justin Trudeau blackface reference in it, which was that got a big reaction from the it crowd. Did. Uh, uh, <laughs> he also made a hockey reference by mes men uh, mentioning Austin Matthews, who's the Maple Leafs' best player, one of the best players in the league. So the rap was good, as they usually are. They did the scissoring, all that stuff. Crowd was feeling it. I want to ask you what you thought about this match. Obviously. Billy Gunn is older. He can still have decent match. I thought this match was decent. I thought Swerve made it a good, like, made it as good as he could. Um, but I, you know, I, don't, I, I thought it was all right. I, I'm, I'm of the belief of like, why, why does Billy Gunn need to be in a wrestling match, like on that, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's not that I dislike Billy Gunn. I like the role he's playing. He gets the pops. He's fun. Right. I like it. But like, do I really need to be watching him for 15 minutes, having a wrestling match on dynamite? Like, I think that the, my biggest criticism was the match was too long. It was way too long. Uh, it, it definitely was too long. Yeah. Cut that but, by like five or six minutes, guys, please. But I'm, I'm of the mindset that the match really happened because of what happened on Monday. Now I know that the the match was set up before. Yeah, but Monday. the the DX stuff was promoted for weeks, so that you knew it was coming. You know what I mean? But I think that that was done for a reason. I, yeah, I feel like because it didn't have to be 
well, so there is, there was just cause for the match happening. There was because because he Billy Gunn is the reason why correct the acclaimed won at Grand Slam. Correct. So there is just cause for the reason for the match happening. Um, but I think that I'm sure they wanted this match to happen the same week as the DX reunion because mm-hmm. yeah. of the DX reunion. Of course. And yeah. there was there was no mention of Billy Gunn by WWE. Yeah. But they did play into mm-hmm. you know, when Road Dog did the classic thing and then you know, the rogue dog, Jesse James, and they let the crowd say the badass. They, were, they did, which was nice. I'm glad they did. Yeah. So, and then I, somebody said, I didn't see it myself, but somebody said that while the crowd were doing that, Shawn Michaels was doing a scissor. I, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah. So, but he was doing it like, kind of like he was like, you know, um, so but he, was there was nice. a reference. Yeah. Um, um, obviously they're not going to mention AEW and Billy Gunn because yeah. that's like, one of the hottest things in wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. WWE is not going to mention something that's the hottest thing in wrestling that's <laughs> not on WWE. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it the match was too long, mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I saw that there were people who did not like the finish because why is Swerve cheating? I was going to gonna say, like, why does Swerve need to cheat to beat Billy Gunn? Because he's a heel. Yes, but uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like... Let me ask you this question. Yeah, go ahead. Now, obviously, viewers, we did not plan this discussion out beforehand. You can probably <laughs> tell. Because uh, I'm fine with the finish. and my uh, no, I'm fine with it, too. Not. Well, I, well you're... I, I'm okay with the finish. I just think Swerve doesn't shouldn't need to cheat to beat a 55-year-old man. What would your reaction have been if the reverse happened and Billy Gunn cheated to beat Swerve? I probably would have enjoyed it more, to be honest. Really? Well, considering the story that Billy Gunn cheated to help the acclaimed win the titles, if Billy Gunn would have cheated, well, first of all, Swerve shouldn't lose to Billy Gunn under any circumstances. So I'm glad Swerve got the win. Don't get me wrong. If Swerve would have somehow lost to Billy Gunn, even if the Acclaim cheated, I would have been like, what the fuck are we doing here? Billy Gunn doesn't need to be beating anybody. Anybody. With the exception of his kids, maybe. That's about it. (laughs) It's Billy Gunn. Like, I like the guy. Don't get me wrong. But he's, no. No. Um, Interesting how we're talking about wrestlers needing to beat their kids in wrestling. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Ray. Ray and Dom. You got the ass boy. Yeah, exactly. Um I probably wouldn't have liked it that much either, honestly, but I at least it would have made sense to me because Billy Gunn is the reason they are not the champs because they cheated. So they could have kept going like, hey, I'm the savvy veteran who fucking takes advantage of things and I'm getting you. But, okay. I understand but Swerve is the heel. I understand the cheating aspect. I just think also, I w- it's it's payback. It's a receipt. For, it is. And that makes sense. For them and cheating that I understand. That I understand, but I almost would have preferred Swerve to cheat to beat Bowen's one-on-one or Caster one-on-one. Okay. As I, opposed I to Billy Gunn one-on-one, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying. I yeah. and again, this is objective. Oh yeah. So, 
it didn't I ruin, didn't it didn't it. ruin my, my experience. I'll, you know, yeah. I wasn't that strongly about it. I was just kind of like, really? You need to cheat to be Billy Gunn? Come on now. Like you swerve. You should be a future world champion. What the hell are you, you struggling with against Billy Gunn for? And I get it, size difference, and you know, Billy Billy Gunn's a veteran. I, I understand I'll, it. I'll say more than likely that will be explained because oh, Swerve yeah. usually gets his promos in. Yeah, and uh, he'll be like, "Hey, you know, that's called a receipt, brother." Yeah, there you so, go. And we do have uh, we have uh, Eric Nicara Eric popping in. He says, "Wasn't too great of a show. Decent main event and promos." I had buddies who went down to see the show in Toronto. That's awesome. Oh, that's and then he said, wrestling open tonight should be good at least. I'm curious to see what happens in Cincinnati, though, for AEW. Yeah, special Tuesday night, Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And we'll be talking about it here Thursday morning next week, too. But, yeah, I'm sure we'll at least talk about the main event of that of that uh, event before we get out of here. Um, but before we move on from this, after the match, we saw Mark Sterling and Tony Nese come out. And Mark Sterling reveals that he now owns the trademark for Scissor Me. That's right. That's right. So he insists that the acclaimed will no longer be allowed to do the hand gesture or say the catchphrase. Um, And if they do, he gets all like, so they can't say it. And all the t-shirt sales are going to Mark Sterling now. They're not acclaimed. You can't use it anymore. All the all the T-shirts and all the merchandise sales, which I like that they used specifically to the scissor me stuff. Yeah, and then they have a shirt. I think I think Max Caster. I, I might, it was either Max or Anthony that tweeted this last night. So like, well, this shirt of ours doesn't have yeah scissor me on it, so you can yeah. go buy this one exactly. right now. The like, one no, with the scissor as an A, yeah. A W logo, mm-hmm. um, which I actually I might buy that one. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that, that, I love that. And I, this is some, this is heel 101 mm-hmm. type of stuff. So yep. I don't mind it at all. Oh, I don't Mark either. That's what, Smart, that's what Mark Sterling's for. He's supposed to be this guy. Right. That annoys yeah. you. That's like, you son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, and then when he gets, cause he's a, he's a wrestler, he's an independent wrestler. So he takes the bumps and does the physical shit. Uh, where he gets his comeuppance every so often and he'll go through a table or wear the neck brace or do whatever. Like that's what he's for. That's what he's there for. And he's entertaining. He's good at it. I had, I had no problem with this whatsoever. Um, All right. We then get a couple good promos segments back to back here. The first one is in the backstage MJF. Uh, He's Mm. addressing the match that he had the week prior with Wheeler Uter. He's asked about how it looked like he was thinking about at least hand, given the handshake to Wheeler Uter. Um, and then Stokely Hathaway interrupts him. Um, and MJF gets pissed. MJF gets pissed. Uh, and he basically threatens to fire Stokely if he interrupts him again. Um, and then MJF cut a really good promo where he said, yeah, I get it. Like everyone hates me, everyone, all this. He goes, but I need you guys to understand that I wake up every day and I look at self, I look myself in the mirror and I hate me too. And when I come through that curtain, I hate me too. And he says, but he knows that's what he needs to fuel himself. Um, and he has no choice but to be the bad guy. Um, and then he says he hates who he is, but that's what it takes to win the AEW World Championship. And make no doubt about it, he's going to cash in that that chip at some point, And he is going to be the next AEW World Champion. Uh, you know, you expect really good MJF promos. This was another one. Um, I will say, though, and I want to ask... You know, before we dive into the next promo segment, that kind of MJF is kind of 
involved in with the chip. Um, this is two weeks in a row now. Do we think this is leading to a ruse where they're all still in cahoots and blah, blah, blah? But this is two weeks in a row now where MJF has been visibly upset with the firm. He introduced the firm. They're the reason he won the chip. However, last week he was not happy with Lee Moriarty, who attacked Wheeler Uter after the match. And this week he openly threatened to fire Stokely Hathaway. He was like, I will get rid of you because I don't need you really. I hired you for a reason. You interrupt me again. I will literally get rid of you. I don't need you. And I'm just like, okay, so like, are you with the firm or do you hate the firm? Like, what's the deal? Like, are you, and I get it. They're, they're doing the tweener. Like, you know, he's a bad guy still, but he's showing signs of maybe he isn't sometime. I don't know. And I, I which I don't mind. Cause I think MJF can succeed in both or succeed right down the middle. I think he can succeed at anything, but What's the vibe you're getting? Are you thinking that they're going to tease this and then eventually the firm and MJF are going to be what we think they're going to be and that's in cahoots and they're going to help him win the title or whatever? Or do you think that this is a character shift where MJF is just continuing to lean into the good guy, into the babyface realm? So I actually think it's both. Mm. I, I think, think you're that... wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I think that, and well, I don't think I know MJF, as he has said many times, is the devil. Mm -hmm. And of course, the devil is going to make you think, oh, this is what's happening. But then he's going to be like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Basically, he's yeah. the devil. So. MJF is pro uh, my prediction, bold prediction right now. MJF is leaving Cincinnati next week as AEW. That's where I'm leaning. That's where I'm leaning. And because it's a special show, because, you know, full gear is a couple of weeks away, a month or so. A month or so, I think, yeah. Um, there will be a rematch on that show. MJF will win. Moxley will finally get his vacation. Mm -hmm. And it's all Moxley's hometown of Cincinnati too. Like you get that fucking heat. Exactly. You get that exactly. heat. Oh That's man, the type of heat that we love. Yeah, That's yeah, heat, as, yeah. As Billy Ray would, uh, Billy mm -hmm. Ray would like to say. Um. So I think it is a ruse. However, I do also think MJF is going to start being a tweener a tweener yeah. i do think i think they're finally pulling the trigger on that which yeah. thank god because yeah. when you have mjf beating up tony shivani and shitting on literally everything about a crowd and the crowd is still cheering for you it's time yeah <laughs> and it's one of those things where leading into the next segment we had john moxley uh, being introduced into the ring by uh, Tony Schiavone. And he he's basically interrupted immediately by Hangman. And they have a they have a face-to-face -face confrontation. I thought Hangman was fucking excellent. Ah, uh, one of yeah. the best promos ever. I thought he was excellent. Um, Hangman says that, you know, he says, hey, last week you said some nice things about me. You said you respected me as a, a wrestler. You said you respected me as a man. And he said, and I would be lying to you if I didn't say that coming from you, that meant the world to me. 
And I, I feel like Moxley has solidified himself as like the dude of the company, right? Like he's the AEW guy, um, you know? And I feel yeah. like the respect that is being shown by just everybody in that company, whether it's storyline wise or off screen, like it's just cool to see. And I'm glad that they're using that because these are two good guys. These are two baby faces and they're, but they're both Moxley's a fucking savage and he'll ruin you if he needs to. And hangman has that in him too. And I like how miserable tonight. Well, yeah. last time. And I like how they're both basically telling each other, like you're, we're going to kill each other. Like you're going to have to fucking kill me to win this match. And they're both like, cool, I'm, I'll do that. But I just want you to know that I like you and I respect you here. But when the bell rings, I'm going to, I'm coming after you. You know what I mean? And I just think it's so good. And hangman, he says that, um, he says, last week you called me a kid, man. He goes, is that what you think of me? That I'm like this nice little kid? Like that, that's what you think of me? And Moxie's like, yeah, I said what I said. <laughs> and Hangman goes, all right, well, I'm not the same kid. He goes, I, he goes, I, I, what do you say? He goes, I hesitated in May and I lost the AEW title. He goes, I fought for the sick, the trios championship with my best friends and I lost. And he goes, and my former friends, disappeared to he like my new friends have half of them have disappeared and he goes and my old friends they've disappeared too yeah and the crowd was like oh shit yeah the crowd was like oh you know like it was good um and then he says but i'm not he goes i'm not a kid man he goes i'm 31 years old i'm a father i'm a husband like you i forgot that by the way because yeah. i'm 31 too and i yeah. fucking forgot that i'm the same age as hangman adam page <laughs> yeah he's like i'm 31 years old i'm a husband I'm a former AEW champion. I'm a former tag champion. I'm a father. I brought life into this world just like you. I'm a good husband just like you. And he started, but he punches himself. He does the old Mick Foley, punches himself in the head. Hard and he goes, way. I'm a man. He was potatoing his Oh, he was. Face, he, he, you could see a little blood towards the end, like a yeah. couple spots. But he was, yeah, that was immediately red. Um, he was just incredible. And the whole time MJF's up there in the crowd, and you want to another thing how you can add that MJF is over the whole time that they're having this great promo, this mm -hmm. great segment in there. Not the whole time, but a lot of the times when there was dead silence or the once they noticed ended, that he was up there, they would crowd was chanting MJF. Hangman said, "I'm going to, I'm coming into Cincinnati next week, and I'm going to be the new AEW, the next AEW heavyweight champion." And the crowd was chanting MJF. So. You know, so that, that's, that's, where yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, that's where we're um, at. That's where we're at. Now, I don't think, I don't think it becomes Hangman wins and MJF I don't cashes on him. I don't think, I don't either. I don't think that. You got to beat Moxley. Uh, MJF needs to beat Moxley for it. That's John Alba had a criticism of this that I hadn't thought of until I heard him say it. And then I went, mm, okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, I while I think it was great and it's serving to the the storyline that we're fantasy booking in our heads about MGF becoming a tweener, uh, it it served that for him to be up there and the crowd to be chanting his name. Yep. I don't think that was the best thing for one Hangman's greatest promos was for the I, crowd I would to agree be with chanting that. MDF. I agree know? with that. I almost feel like maybe. Yeah, like John said what probably would have been the better thing to do, and I agree, is MJF comes out after the promo to solidify, hey, it ain't just you two that could become yeah. champion soon. I've got yeah. the chip. 
uh, which is what he was doing up there, but it took attention away from the ring and it mm-hmm. made the crowd just chant MJF throughout yeah. the whole thing while yeah. Hangman is having like the promo of his life. Yeah. So it, I feel like it did, looking back now, I feel like it did kind of take away from that promo just yeah. to have the crowd chanting MJF throughout the entire mm-hmm. thing. Um, but it doesn't take away the promo, which was incredible yeah very absolutely good. incredible yeah it was very very good and um yeah man i'm excited for this match on tuesday i'm excited for this match i honestly i'm expecting moxley to win but i'm expecting it to be a really 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 good match and the mjf stuff is intriguing it They've has made- the potential as we as i've seen from a bunch of dynamites this year as i've said oh well this is the best main event they've ever had yeah it has the potential to be the best made event. It does. Dynamite it does. ever. And I think I think Hangman, you know, character-wise on screen, but I think also like I think Hangman has something to prove a little bit. Like he lost the belt to Punk and then he's just been kind of floating around, not doing a mm-hmm. ton. And like it's a year ago, Hangman was the most over guy in the company. And Hangman was the guy that all of us wanted to win at full gear like hey we need hangman to be this this was the story of the company really it was a story they were telling since day one in the company was about hangman and omega and just hangman in general and i feel like once he lost to punk he's been kind of you know he's still popular or whatever but he's just been kind of floating like not not really doing a ton and i think even though i expect him to lose on tuesday i do expect this to be like all of us being like oh yeah hangman still rules you know what I mean? Like one of those things like, oh, yeah, Hangman is still a top guy. You know what I mean? Um, so I think he has something to prove, too. I'm very much this match is going to kick all sorts of ass. Um, speaking of a match that I thought kicked some ass, this is the third time they fought maybe in the last like six or seven weeks. And all three of them have been really good. Uh, it was the Ring of Honor World Championship match between Chris Jericho and Brian Danielson. Uh, this match was very good. They traded submissions, traded all the, at one point Jericho hit a code breaker from uh when Danielson was jumping off the top rope that I thought looked great. Um these guys are two of the greatest to ever do it. Period. Uh they've wrestled three times and I think all three matches have been utterly entertaining. I could watch Brian Danielson wrestle anybody. He's the oh, goat yeah. as, Je- my, as Jeremy Lambert. Goat. As Jeremy Lambert says, basically daily or usually at least the day after Dynamite, he says, imagine thinking that Brian Danielson ain't the GOAT. And it's like, yeah, that's how I feel. He's at least the greatest North American wrestler of all time, um, in my opinion. Um, This match was excellent. We will talk about the ending, though. Ref bump. Ref goes down. Jericho is going to looks like he's going to use the Ring of Honor Championship to wallop Danielson. We then see Daniel Garcia come out and he takes the belt away from Jericho and he goes, "No, no, no. You're not winning like that. You're not winning like that." Jericho gives Daniel uh Dan- Jericho gives Garcia a little shove. Garcia pushes Jericho, which then goes right into the flying knees from Danielson, and then we see it. We see Daniel Garcia hit Brian Danielson over the back of the head with the Ring of Honor World Championship, which leads to Chris Jericho getting the victory as the ref comes to and retaining 
the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship. Daniel Garcia then hugs Jericho. They are celebrating in the ring, and the BCC comes out to tend to Danielson, and Yas leaves. But that's how this ended. So they've been teasing that Daniel, that Garcia and Jericho have had issues, and that Garcia was potentially going to join Danielson in the BCC. And we saw that it was all a ruse. And Garcia is still very much with Yas, and he helped Jericho win the championship match. You know, you know, uh, tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you were thinking when you were watching it. Tell me how you're feeling a day after. Uh, how do we feel about Garcia realigning? You could say not really realigning, but establishing his alignment, his alignment with Chris Jericho and still with the Jericho appreciation society. <laughs> oh boy. So, um, all right. Uh, the match was great. Obviously, the match was great. You can't say. I mean, for for Chris Jericho to be to be doing the stuff still at this age, at this, yeah, how long he's been doing it, mm-hmm. just incredible. Really yep. incredible. I'm I'm so thankful that he's able to still be the Lionheart, like legitimately, like he's yes. still Lionheart when he wants to be, of course. Yeah. Um, and he could do the sports entertainer stuff fine as well. Um, and of course, Danielson is the goat. He's my favorite wrestler of all time. Please yep. go check out the interview I did with Tom Talks Rubbish on Tom Talks Rubbish's YouTube channel, where I mention that and a bunch of other things about my wrestling fandom. Um, so am I, Sully. Yeah, so am I. Uh, the decision here to have the short now, okay. Now, I, I don't remember if I mentioned it last week, but it seemed like Garcia just joining BCC in a way without actually joining, but just like mm-hmm. that whole promo yep. that he did. And, and it was, it was great promo. Absolutely. Yep. Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, huh? both of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so I knew that this was happening mm. because I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Oh, I knew. And actually, now I've just reminded myself what I wanted to mention. Him in saying, I don't remember if it was on commentary, if it was in the backstage promo that Daniel Garcia didn't answer any of his texts, any yeah. of his calls. Mm-hmm. It's happening here. Yeah. Obvious. But again, obvious, not bad all the time. Mm-mm. So. I was like, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely, uh, which I think is why I'm having the reaction I'm having right now. Uh, it's, it's the sports entertainer stuff. Listen, when Vince McMahon was in charge of WWE, absolutely this was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not hitting for me that much anymore. Yeah. Uh, but... 
it's still a good gimmick. Like I, yeah, of course, I think the Ring of Jericho stuff. I like that. Oh yeah, me too. So having it be for that purpose, fine. I enjoyed that. I, which we've alluded to, of course. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those instances where, and it just happened. Somebody is aligning with somebody else. Swerve. Oh, it's not actually the case. Yeah. Um, it's the crowd wants Daniel Garcia. To yes. Be be face. Whether he is or isn't aligned with Blackpool Combat Club, they want him to be a babyface. I want him to be a babyface. You want him to be a babyface. Mm-hmm. And 100%. I'm not happy with the decision to have intentionally Daniel Garcia cost Brian Daniels in the match. Mm-hmm. I understand storyline wise. Oh yeah. That's what needs to happen. But then at the same time, he was conflicted about it. You could see it on his face. Now, is that it was that him being booked as conflicted, or was that just his way of selling it? I don't know. We'll find out next week probably. Sure will. Um but I'm not happy. I'm not happy with because this is the exact same thing that they did with Jamie Hader and Britt Baker. Jamie was... Dissension was teased. Jamie yep. was clearly, and is still, clearly being cheered more than Britt oh Baker. Oh my god, yeah, for sure. And been uh, multiple times now, we've mm-hmm. seen this on TV. But they still have Jamie join up with Britt and go, ha ha, you thought we were going to turn on each other, but that's not happening. I'm still with her. We're still besties. Um, I just, I really didn't want to see that be the result here. Even yeah. though like, I knew it was happening, but I didn't want it to happen this way. And when I say that, I mean, I didn't want it to be him costing Daniels in the match. It could yeah. have been a straight match and Jericho wins clean and then it happens afterwards. Yeah. I think I would have felt better about that. Fair. That's fair. I uh, think that's a fair I, assessment. Yeah. I'm just, oh. I'm, I'm, there's too many of these things. And we, we just talked about this a little earlier when we talked about the MJF thing. I, I'm leaning that way too, as I think they're teasing it. And then I think eventually Stokely and the firm will help MJF win the top. Like, yeah, I, I think they are doing the same thing. And we got Spencer in the chat saying, hey. Moon and studs. hey, what's going on? We're finishing up dynamite here uh, before we get out of here. Good to see you. Love wrestling. But I agree with you, Drew. I do think the fact that, and again, um, it's, and it, it is, it's a trope that AEW loves. It's a good trope, but they love it. Uh, yeah, they've done it quite a few times. They've done it quite getting, a few it's times. It's getting to kind of be like WWE's obsession with DQ finishes. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So then we had a backstage segment with Nyla Rose. Uh, and she she was wearing the the TBS championship. Vicky Guerrero asked Renee to refer to Nyla Rose as the TBS champion, which Renee was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that." Oh man, 
Yeah, Spencer says, oh, man, can we talk about how many Canadians are going to be on Dark? I, I'm yeah. Quite a few. Quite a few. Love Pro Wrestling's own Bollywood Boys and Voros Twins. Yeah, very good. Really I exciting. like it. I like it. I'm glad I'm glad that we're going to start to see some uh, some good independent Canadian wrestlers kind of get the rub here, even if it's a one-off or whatever. But the fact that they get to show the world, really, and show AEW what they're made of, uh, there's some... You know, and I know we're biased. We work for Love Pro Wrestling, but there's some damn good talent up there uh, north of the border from both of us because we're both in America. Uh, and I'm glad the more the more spotlight that Canadian professional wrestling gets, the more the wrestling scene is better for it. Um, so I am very excited about that. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, yeah, Nyla Rose, and then she's interrupted by Anna Jay, who Anna Jay says uh, they both just agree to a match. Uh, on Friday, and Anna Jay says that when she wins the match, oh yeah, Jody Threat as well. Oh Joe, yes, that's right. Jody Threat rules. Um, and when Anna Jay says when she wins the match on Friday, she's gonna parade around like she is the TBS champion. I found it very odd that uh, Jade Cargill was nowhere to be found on this whole show. So I, I, I do kind of like how they're letting Nyla have this moment of like pretending that she's the uh, TBS champion and like Jade isn't just interrupting her all the time. Like I, I expect Jade to be involved on Friday uh, during the match on rampage probably. Um, but we'll see. But at the same time, I, I do kind of like, we talked about it earlier, so we don't have to dive too much into it again, but I, I like where they're going with this. Um, we then had a tag team match. It was Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter continues to be super over everywhere. <laughs> Um, I thought this match Earn was fine. <laughs> I know. I know. I thought this match was fine. Uh, it didn't wow me or anything like that, but I thought it was solid. These, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. I would like to see, like, I feel like we've seen a lot of women's tag matches lately. And I would think I would like to see some, some, some single matches. Uh, but at the, at the very least, Hikaru Shida ended up getting the pinfall victory over Britt Baker here, which I thought, yes, I liked. I love Shida, but I thought particularly Baker taking the pinfall. You don't see that often, a ton, um, but I thought it was good, but it made sense because Tony is defending the interim title next week against Shida. So it made sense for Shida to get the victory, beat the former champion and Britt. I thought this match was fine. Didn't do anything that like had me jumping out of my chair, but it was solid. So something you know? that was a pot again. I've been, I feel like I'm being a little negative on AW right now, but so okay. I want to, I want to highlight, yeah. yeah, I want to highlight a positive, and a positive that I have is I love that even when they have two people facing each other in a match coming up soon, and they end up tagging, they don't do the can they coexist crap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very happy about that because I like I have PTSD from that. So it, it so every time I see a match like, oh no, Sheeta and, and Storm are gonna be in the match next week and they're tagging, is there gonna be some sort of coexisting thing? Yeah. And there yeah. wasn't. And there kept generally isn't with AEW stuff. Very happy about that because it makes it lets you actually enjoy a match more. Yeah. Because it doesn't become, oh, well, these two obviously hate each other, so they're gonna you know, the object of this match is not to win, it's to coexist with your tag team partner. Mm -hmm. That's not the object of a match. No, you win <sighs> or lose. You, you make more money if you win. 
You yeah, make exactly. more money if you win. Don't care who your partner is. Don't care if it's your enemy. If you win the match, you make more money. That's the right. only objective. Win. Yes. It's not dip out on your tag partner in the middle of a beatdown or any of those nonsense, or fighting yeah. them, whatever. So, or how dare you? This is the worst one. The worst one with coexisting storylines. How dare you tag yourself in to try and win this match? <laughs> it's like, come on. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm very happy with the result here. Uh, I love Sheeta. I mm -hmm. want to see her on TV a lot. So I'm, I'm glad that we got to see her this week. Get the pinfall victory. Yeah. The type of pinfall victory in a tag team match that is a good one, unlike the main event of last week's Dynamite. Yep. And uh, I am going to be just as excited for the title match next week. Yep. Should be pretty, pretty damn good. All right. We are all the way to the main event of AEW Dynamite. And it was for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. It was Pac defending against Orange Cassidy. Um, you said a little bit earlier with, uh, I think it was with Trent and Pac, you were like, these guys are in fight forever category to me. Yeah. OC and Pac for me are in. I could watch them fight and have a match. I don't disagree with that either. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, I love the little wrinkle that OC's first match was against Pac uh, back in 2020. They referenced it on commentary. Uh, I think it was in February of 2020, so right before the world ended and we were all trapped inside our houses. Um, it was in front of a live crowd, and it was OC's really his first big match. Uh, they fought in a couple times since. I thought this main event was great. Does anybody sell a DDT better than Pac? Because he's like purposefully scorpions himself on all yeah. of these, and they look they look fucking gnarly. Oh my god! Yeah. It is so good the way that Pac sells these DDTs. It is incredible. It looks like, and I'm not. I'm not saying this. It looks like he literally like gets paralyzed every time he takes a DDT. Like yeah, the way absolutely. he lands, it is unbelievable. Um, we also saw a Danhausen sighting. It looked like Pac was going for the hammer again to cheat. And Danhausen was like, no, not today. And he prevented him and he gave him the curse. Um, and and believe successful. it or not, believe it or not, Orange Cassidy with back-to-back -back, uh, orange punches gets the victory here. And he is the new AEW All-Atlantic Champion. His first title in AEW. Um and the best friends come out, and you got to give the people what they want. They end the show with them doing the hug, and the crowd's flipping out, going home happy. OC is obviously over. He always has been. Um, I thought this day would never come, Drew. I thought this day would never come. I was like, <laughs> you know what? And then, and I, and I respect the argument that people have that say OC doesn't need titles. I respect that argument. I think. Because I think there is a legit, like legitimate case that he probably didn't. It didn't. He could be over still without ever uh, being a singles champion or anything like that. However, he is the AEW All Atlantic Championship, and I'm fucking stoked for it. Uh, yeah, man. How'd you feel about? The, I thought the match was great. Like I said, these two for me, they can they can fight as many times as they want, and I'll never get tired of it. Um, what made this match? 
I think even more special to me was that it was not uh, it was not Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. that went to the classic well of Orange Cassidy matches. Yeah, yeah. In this match, it was actually Pac who mimicked the Orange Cassidy style of mm-hmm. match. He did not do that one time in this whole match. Nope. He didn't do the hand in the pockets. Nope. He didn't do... Well, he did do the hand in the pockets one time. Um, and did the kip up. Yeah. He did it once. That was it. Yep. He didn't do the sunglasses gimmick. He nope. didn't do... he And he started the match. I remember the the bell rings and the announcers are talking like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're doing whatever. And all of a sudden... OC just charges at yeah. him, and even he, the he announcers meant, he, he meant business. Oh, yeah, you know because they weren't expecting that. Yep. This I think was beautiful, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I do. I was also of the oh yeah, Orange Cassidy doesn't need to have a title. Yep. You know I totally understand that, but this was him changing that up a little bit. Yep. The result getting a victory and getting a title. Yeah. And I think that that, listen, I don't give a lot of credence to the old heads of the business who have podcasts and being very disingenuous about certain criticisms. Yeah. Um, But I don't disagree with a lot of the criticisms where it comes to Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. in there, it seems like he always is just doing the same exact thing regardless of what match it is. Yeah. You know? um, and I feel like in this match, because he didn't do that stuff and as a result ended up winning, mm-hmm. I think that it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very happy that he is finally a title holder in this company. Me too. Me too. He's been one of the most over guys since the company started. I, I understand the character. I understand, like I said, the argument that he doesn't need singles titles. But at some sometimes you just got to reward the guys that do good shit. And OC has been doing good shit for a long, long time. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited to see what this reign looks like. What kind of champion OC is going to be. Because he doesn't give a shit. That's the character. He's, he doesn't give a damn about anything. So I want to see how, what kind of champion he's going to be. I want to see if he cares about keeping the title. I want to see these little wrinkles. Because he is he's a character that is very intriguing, even as well-liked. And as much as I like him, like there's just layers to him as a character because he doesn't give a fuck. You know? And I, I think that story is going to be... I've used the word intriguing a lot, but I think that story is going to be intriguing moving forward because I want to see if maybe being a champion is like a maybe there's a small little twinge to the character or maybe there's just a little bit different. Maybe he does start giving a shit because he wants to keep the title. Maybe he likes the feeling of being a champ. I don't know, but I think there's some creative fun stuff that you can you can do. And I'm very, very excited about it. Um well, that was it. That was the AEW of the week. Um, I'm really excited for next week, too. We'll be here same time, 10 a.m. Thursday morning next week. 
and we'll be talking about a special Tuesday night dynamite. Obviously, we'll be talking about Rampage that happens tomorrow night. And if anything of substance is on dark, we probably will be talking about dark because of the Canadian wrestler influence that we'll see next week. Right. We'll probably talk at least a little bit about the performers at the very least that were on there. Um, and then we have a special Tuesday night dynamite where we have an AEW women's championship match. We have a big AEW world heavyweight championship match that we talked about between hangman and John Moxley and MJF just looming over everything with that chip. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, we got two episodes down here. I'm really liking what we're doing here. I think we got a good flow. I think we're, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to meeting up here every Thursday and talking some AEW because it is still my favorite product in the world. Thank um, you. And that's what I want to do. Um, before we do our plugs and we get out of here, you've seen it kind of down below in the middle of us. I want to talk about RK Athletics, one of our sponsors. Uh, Rich King, who is also a an LPW, a Canadian professional wrestler, he is also a great personal trainer. And if you are looking to get back in shape, get some workout plans, some nutrition guidance, just any guidance in general to feel a little bit more positive about yourself physically, mentally, eating-wise, anything – Go give a follow and reach out to RK Athletics One on all social medias. Rich is one of the best guys in in wrestling, just one of the best guys on the planet. So he's a great individual, even though he's given me and Plugo shit about fireworks <laughs> and things like that. I, you know, I'm gonna plug him because I like the guy, but you know, hey. Uh, but yes, go follow RK Athletics One. That is the group to see. Also, Manscaped.com. You head over to manscaped.com, you put in that promo code Love Wrestling, as you can see on the ticker down below, and you will get 20% off your first order as well as free shipping worldwide. You can live anywhere and you'll get it for free. Um, manscaped.com, we've had a great partnership with them. Head over there, use that promo code Love Wrestling, let them know you love our partnership with Manscaped, and you can get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. All right, Drew. It's about time for us to get out of here. As you can see below our names, you can find us on Twitter at our handles down there. But let the people know if you got anything else coming up where they can check you out before we are back here next uh, next Thursday doing the damn thing again. Uh, I'm generally just on Twitter as an online person. Probably a little too online sometimes. Uh, uh, you can find me at the Manhattan Courthouse getting married tomorrow. Hey, oh, congrats, congrats, congrats. Can, thank you. You can uh, find me in Fightful's chat on YouTube. Main shows are overbooked, uh, banning dorks when they're being stupid. <laughs> and uh, you can also find me on Body Slam's Pro Wrestling Roundtable podcast, uh, which is general. generally I'm on on Fridays. To cover like the week of WWE, mm -hmm. uh, but they are on on Mondays after Raw, Wednesdays after Dynamite, and Friday after SmackDown and Rampage. So uh, you could check me out there as well. Awesome. Love it. So go go check Drew out at the other things he does. Go give him a follow. You can find me right under here, Joseph underscore Poulin Jr. You can follow me on Twitch at JPJ Loves Gaming. Uh, growing a nice little community over there, having fun, just shooting the shit, talking about whatever while I play some games. You can also find me tonight right here on this very channel, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You know the drill. Me and Pluggo doing our 
high drinks and all the things that we do over on between blowing the budget beards. we blow the budget that is what we do my friends uh spencer doesn't like it but he i think he still kind of likes us so he lets us kind of get away with some shit um but you can find me there every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me here every Thursday at 10 a.m. Talking AEW on Firmly AEW with my man Drew right here. But give us a follow at Love Wrestling. We got stuff all throughout the weeks. We got Smart, uh, Smart and Friends. We got Sunday Brunch on Sundays. We have LPW the last Friday of every month from the rec room in Edmonton where all you got to do is follow and you can watch yourself one of the best independent shows you will find monthly in the world uh we have a patreon if you can go follow you can get some early access some discounted tickets early access to interviews on the lpw show where we are promoting the show at the end of the month um so basically just go give us a follow at love wrestling give us some love subscribe to us on twitch follow us on youtube our youtube these videos go up to youtube within 24 hours after we do them live here so go give us some love man Go give us some love. That's what we're about. We're about positivity. We're about just good people talking some, about some good professional wrestling. All right. That's my spiel. So uh, for Drew, for myself, thank you all for hopping in the chat with your comments. We appreciate you all. You guys make the show for us. So we appreciate you being here. You can catch Drew and I right back here next week. Same bat, you know, same bat time, same bat channel, 10 a.m. Uh, for another episode of Firmly AEW. But until then, you know the drill. Peace out.